Hi, and welcome. Thanks for tuning in to another episode on iMaster Health. I'm Dr. Janelle Jelena. I hold a PhD in Clinical Cardiopulmonary Exercise Physiology from the University of British Columbia. I'm also a certified clinical exercise physiologist through the American College of Sports Medicine. In today's episode, we are going to talk about a very common respiratory condition called asthma. This episode will be broken down into three sections. First, we will start by defining what asthma is, common causes, its prevalence in the general population, and how it's diagnosed. Then, we will discuss the main signs and symptoms of this condition and talk through some basic strategies that you can do to help lessen your symptoms. And finally, we will discuss why it's important to keep moving and be physically active, as well as the benefits of exercise for people living with asthma. We have lots to cover, so let's get started. Section 1. What is asthma? Asthma is a chronic inflammatory condition of the airways. In asthma, increased levels of inflammation results in swelling and increased mucus production of the airways. Additionally, there are muscles that surround the airways which are normally relaxed, but in asthma, they are often sensitive and inflamed. When individuals with asthma encounter triggers, these muscles tighten, resulting in a bronchospasm. This makes breathing very difficult and results in the common symptoms associated with asthma, like coughing, wheezing, chest tightness, and increased shortness of breath. With asthma, the airways are more sensitive than normal and can get easily irritated when exposed to a variety of different triggers. Now, a trigger is anything that can lead to both bronchospasm and increased inflammation and mucus production. There are two types of triggers, allergic and non-allergic, which are sometimes just called irritants. Allergic triggers cause an allergic reaction of your immune system and can include common things such as dust mites, pollen, mold, and pet dander. Non-allergic triggers or irritants are things that can irritate the airways, such as smoke and vapors, cold air, outdoor air pollutants, chemicals, and odors, including perfume. Other not-so-obvious irritants can include intense emotions like stress, certain heart or blood pressure medications, food preservatives, chronic lung infections, and sometimes even exercise. Knowing and avoiding what triggers your asthma can help to keep your asthma well under control. So what causes asthma? The exact cause of asthma is largely unknown, but researchers have determined that it can be caused by both hereditary and environmental factors. There is a genetic link, meaning that the likelihood of developing asthma increases if one or both parents have it. However, this does not guarantee that a child of parents with asthma will develop it. More than 30 genes have been linked to asthma, and gene-environment interactions also play a role in determining who will develop asthma. Occupational and environmental exposure to substances like smoke, gas, dust, particles, chemical fumes, and vapors can also cause asthma in the workplace and are common causes of asthma in adulthood. Individuals who have certain allergies, such as those that affect the eyes, nose, and respiratory tract, may be more likely to develop asthma, but again, not everyone with allergies will develop this condition. Premature birth and history of lung infections during infancy increases the risk of developing asthma later in life. 
Additionally, hormonal changes, such as during menopause, as well as obesity, have been shown to be correlated with the development of asthma. Now, it's estimated that around 300 million children and adults have asthma worldwide. Within Canada, asthma is the third most common chronic disease. It affects more than 3.8 million Canadians, including 850,000 children under the ages of 14. Every day, over 300 Canadians are diagnosed with asthma. However, it's important to recognize that with proper treatment and management, individuals with asthma can live healthy, normal lives, symptom-free, or with very few symptoms. How is asthma diagnosed? Asthma is diagnosed clinically based on symptom history and the results from multiple medical assessments. The most common assessment is a breathing test called spirometry. This test detects narrowing of the airways by forcefully exhaling through a mouthpiece before and after taking a medication called a bronchodilator. Bronchodilators can relieve the constriction of the muscles around the airways, making it easier to breathe in and out. If your lung function improves with a bronchodilator, it's likely that you have asthma. Sometimes, a full pulmonary function test is done, which involves sitting in a clear box that looks like a telephone booth and performing different breathing maneuvers while breathing into a mouthpiece. A registered respiratory therapist would coach you through how to do these different breathing maneuvers. Another common test is the methacholine challenge. Now, methacholine is a known asthma trigger, and when inhaled, it causes your airways to narrow slightly. If you react to the methacholine, you likely have asthma. This test may be used even if your initial lung function test is considered normal. Other diagnostic tests for asthma include a provocative testing for exercise and cold-induced asthma. In these tests, your doctor measures your airway function before and after you perform vigorous exercise or take several breaths of cold air. You may do a sputum induction, which looks for certain white blood cells and a mixture of saliva and mucus that you produce during coughing. Allergy tests can be performed by a skin test or a blood test, and they will tell you if you're allergic to common allergens such as pets, dust, mold, or pollen. And imaging tests such as an x-ray may help identify any structural abnormalities or infections that can cause or aggravate breathing problems. Section two. Signs and symptoms. The signs and symptoms of asthma can look very different person to person and can actually change over time. When asthma is well controlled, you may experience no symptoms at all. When asthma is poorly controlled, common signs and symptoms include shortness of breath, regular coughing, wheezing, chest tightness, increased mucus production, and trouble sleeping and or participating in exercise because of difficulty breathing. These symptoms can occur slowly over hours or days, or they can come very suddenly and persist for some time before disappearing. If left untreated, asthma can cause permanent structural changes to your airways called airway remodeling, which is why it's important to get your asthma under control and keep treating it over the long term. When asthma is properly controlled, it's possible to live without symptoms. Individuals can participate in normal activities like attending school and work, engage in strenuous physical activity, and sleep without experiencing symptoms. When asthma is well-controlled, you will only need to use your quick relief or rescue medication two times or less per week, except for one dose before exercise if recommended by your doctor. Unlike your rescue medication, 
It's also important to understand that the longer-term controller medication that you may be on is controlling your asthma and its symptoms. So it's very important to be vigilant with taking this medication so that you can continue to live symptom-free. If you experience asthma symptoms during exercise, find that symptoms disturb your sleep, you have missed school or work due to symptoms, you need to take your rescue inhaler three times or more per week, and or you get frequent chest infections, your asthma may only be partially controlled. In this case, it's important that you speak to your doctor to adjust your controller medication. Sometimes an asthma attack may occur. During an asthma attack, the muscles surrounding the airways tighten and your airways become too narrow to breathe effectively. An attack can happen suddenly if your asthma is not well controlled and you are exposed to one of your triggers. However, it's also important to recognize an attack can also build up slowly over hours, days, or even weeks. If symptoms are left untreated and not properly managed, they may progress to a level that becomes life-threatening. Therefore, when you first start experiencing symptoms, it's very important that you proceed with caution and pay attention to what is happening around you. If your rescue medication does not seem to be working and you're experiencing any of the following symptoms, you must seek immediate medical attention by going to the nearest emergency department or urgent care center. Never hesitate to seek emergency help. If left untreated, severe symptoms can lead to death. Severe symptoms look like excessive coughing and wheezing, extreme tightness in the chest, extremely labored breathing, sweating, gasping voice, pale or blue in the lips or fingernails, and intense panic, anxiety, or fear. Strategies that help with symptoms. There is currently no cure for asthma, but with proper treatment, it can be managed and kept under control. Figuring out the right medications for you depends on a number of things, including your age, symptoms, and individual asthma triggers. Preventative long-term control medications reduce the swelling and inflammation of your airways that leads to symptoms. On the contrary, quick relief or rescue inhalers quickly open swollen airways that are limiting breathing. And in some cases, allergy medications are also necessary. So long-term asthma controller medications, generally taken daily, are the cornerstone of asthma treatment. These medications keep asthma under control on a day-to-day -day basis and make it less likely that you'll have an asthma attack. Common types of long-term controller medications include inhaled corticosteroids that help to reduce the level of inflammation in the airways, long-acting bronchodilators, which are effective for up to 24 hours and help to relax the muscles surrounding the airways, combination inhalers that have both a corticosteroid and a long-acting bronchodilator put into one inhaler, Leukotriene receptive antagonists, which are a class of non-steroidal medications that work by blocking a chemical reaction that can lead to inflammation in the airways. And anti-immunoglobulin E therapy. Now this therapy may be recommended if you have allergic asthma with persistent symptoms despite taking a controller medication. Immunoglobulin E therapy works by keeping inflammation from developing in the first place. Now, quick reliever or rescue medications are used as needed for rapid short-term symptom relief during an asthma attack. They provide temporary relief of bronchospasms, but do nothing to reduce the inflammation in the airways. They typically help restore normal breathing in 10 to 15 minutes, and the effects last for about four hours. 
It's important to use your reliever medication only when you have symptoms. If you have to use it more than twice a week for relief, your asthma is not under control and you should speak to your doctor. Some important strategies to make sure that your asthma is well controlled include getting a proper asthma diagnosis from a healthcare professional, taking your asthma medications as prescribed, most people use a daily controller medication while also carrying their rescue inhaler for emergencies. Don't become reliant on your rescue inhaler to manage your asthma. If you were taking your rescue inhaler more than two times per week, your asthma is not properly controlled and you should speak to your doctor as soon as possible. Know what your asthma triggers are. If you have allergic triggers, work with your doctor or allergist to help manage these allergy symptoms. Know the steps to take when having an asthma attack and create an asthma action plan with your doctor and use it as part of your asthma management routine. Section three, exercising with asthma. Exercise is for everyone, including individuals with asthma. Getting regular exercise is important for maintaining a healthy lifestyle. The benefits of exercise are numerous and outweigh the risks associated with asthma symptoms. Benefits of exercise include reducing the risk of disease, strengthening bones and muscles, making the cardiovascular system more efficient, improving brain health, helping with weight management, maintaining functional capacity and independence, and ultimately living a healthier, longer life. For some individuals with asthma, exercise itself is a common trigger. This type of asthma is called exercise-induced asthma. However, when asthma is well-controlled, you should not be limited in your activity levels. Asthma symptoms can occur during vigorous intensity exercise, but usually start 10 to 15 minutes after stopping, with symptoms sometimes returning hours later. When exercise brings on asthma symptoms, it depends on how long you were exercising for, the intensity, and the environment that you were exercising in. Certain environments may be triggers for some people. For example, running in a grassy field or skating in cold weather may act as triggers. The triggers that affect you may be different than for someone else, so it's important to pay attention to what your specific triggers are. This doesn't mean that you should completely avoid these activities, as symptoms can be properly controlled with medication, but you should work with your doctor and healthcare team to figure out which medications are most effective for you. You can prevent asthma problems associated with exercise by knowing your triggers. If cold air is a trigger for you, wear a covering over your nose and mouth to warm the air. You can also check mold and pollen counts and air quality index updates and avoid exercising outdoors when counts are high. You can also avoid exercising close to dense traffic where exhaust is high. You can also take your asthma medications regularly and at least 15 to 30 minutes before exercise and make sure to have your rescue inhaler with you. Additionally, make sure to do a warm up and cool down for five to 10 minutes before and after your exercise. Even if you use your bronchodilator medicine before exercising, you may still experience asthma symptoms during exercise. If they do occur, slow down and reduce the intensity of your exercise. If your symptoms persist, stop exercising and use your rescue inhaler. If you feel that your breathing is limiting your ability to exercise, talk to your doctor. 
When starting an exercise routine, start with what is doable for you and slowly progress your routine to meet your goals. A well-rounded exercise routine includes aerobic training that targets your heart and blood vessels, resistance training that increases the strength of your muscles, and balance and stretching. The iMaster Health program will help tailor your exercise routine to meet your specific needs and goals. Okay, let's recap what we learned in this episode. In section one, we learned that asthma is a common respiratory condition that results in airway narrowing, which makes it difficult to breathe. The narrowing occurs due to increased inflammation of the airways and bronchospasms or constriction of the muscles surrounding the airways. We also learned about the many different triggers that can cause asthma symptoms and that it's important to figure out which ones affect you so that you can keep your asthma well controlled. We also learned that spirometry, pre and post a bronchodilator, and methicoline challenge tests are the two most common tests used to diagnose asthma. In section two, we talked about common signs and symptoms of asthma that include regular coughing, shortness of breath, wheezing, and chest tightness. However, when asthma is properly controlled, you may experience no symptoms at all. We also highlighted how to tell if your asthma is under control and what to do in case of an asthma attack. In section three, we discussed that exercise is safe for individuals with asthma and the steps you can take to better prevent and manage symptoms during exercise. By joining iMaster Health, you've already taken the most important step to taking control of your health, which is to get started. So congratulations. This concludes another episode on iMaster Health. I'm Dr. Janelle. Thanks for tuning in and take care. Thank you.